Welcome to the Empath Rising Podcast, where we are healing from narcissistic abuse with human design, tarot, and astrology. I'm your host, Raven Scott. Make sure to share this podcast with a friend, spread the love, spread the light, and subscribe. In our fast-paced and stressful modern world, anxiety has become an all-too-common companion for many of us especially dealing with toxic relationships and manipulation from our loved ones, from a narcissist. The relentless demands of work, relationships, and what is going on globally in our world today can leave us feeling overwhelmed and disconnected from our inner selves. Fortunately, there are various methods and techniques available to help us reduce anxiety and restore a sense of balance and harmony. One such method that has gained popularity in recent years is the use of sacred acoustics, brainwave audio tracks to elevate our vibrational frequencies. And today we have a special guest on the show, Karen Newell. She's the co-founder of Sacred Acoustics. She is an author and specialist in personal development with a diverse body of work that rests upon the foundation of spiritually transformative experiences. As an innovator in the merging field of brainwave entertainment, audio meditation, Karen empowers others in their journeys of self-discovery by demonstrating how to connect to inner guidance, achieve inspiration, improve wellness, and develop intuition from a heart-centered consciousness. And her incarnation cross is the cross of consciousness, which I did a mini reading for her at the end, so tune in for that. She's the co-founder of Sacred Acoustics and co-author with Eben Alexander III, MD, of Living in a Mindful Universe. You can find all of her audios that she'll be introducing to us in the link in the description and show notes and at www.sacredacoustics.com. Now let's dive into our conversation. Hello, Karen. So good to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yes. One of the things we talk a lot about human design in the podcast, and one of the things that I have in my particular channel, there's a certain energy channel in people. You, everyone in, has the ability to experience it if they have it undefined, but particularly people who have it defined, like we really, we really feel this. And it's the channel of audio. Like if something's off, it just like, grates on your nerves and you just can't handle it versus, you know, other people are like, maybe are tone deaf. They're like, oh, whatever. It's okay. Like, I don't even hear that. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. So harmonics must be really important to someone like you. Yeah. Where it sounds like natural and soothing instead of forced. Yeah. Yeah. I could never handle music that was dissonant or, you know, like hard rock music. I always have you know, people identified me like when I was in high school. Enya, you know, the, the artist Enya? Yes. She was always on my CD player when back when we had CD players in my car. And my friend's like, oh, yeah, here's this is the Raven music. This is <laughs> they just identified like Enya with me. Like that's just always been that's my so musical vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I think it's true that each of us has kind of even those of us who aren't like you, you say we all have this ability, like some music will soothe us or give us an expanded state of awareness or something like that. And, and that same music might not do the same for someone else. So it's important to know how unique we all are. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and even the same thing, like when I hear a cello, there's just something within my whole body and even my gut like that just feels like grounded like just like oh like yes give this to me all day long (laughs) for me it's for me it's like gongs and tuning forks and you know crystal bowls oh my gosh those are so beautiful all the harmonics and overtones and the vibrations they emanate they're just amazing yeah things without without a melody right something that just captures me and brings me into that now moment so i love sound baths like where you go and they just play gongs or didgeridoos and things like that. So, And those are, can you talk to us more about how those can scientifically ease our anxiety? A lot of us are dealing with anxiety right now with a lot of the world events that are happening. So much 
hate in the world. And then on top of that, most of our listeners are also healing from PTSD or some type of trauma. So I know I've yeah. heard sound baths really help with that. Yeah. Well, one of the aspects, the aspect I'm most familiar with is that these kinds of instruments seem to emanate natural binaural beats. And so tuning forks, it's the easiest to understand because that's where you kind of hit a little tuning fork, hold it on one side of your head, get a tuning fork with a little different frequency, hold it on the other side of your head. And you feel this kind of interaction between those two frequencies. And I used to love doing that. I learned how to do that when I took Healing Touch for Animals courses. Mm -hmm. And this would just send me into this beautiful space and turns out dogs and horses like it too. Only certain frequencies for animals. Humans have a much wider range of frequencies that, that will work. But we learned which ones the animals would like. And oh, they were the heart frequencies. And so that's why I just loved them. Mm -hmm. And so much later when I got into my work with sacred acoustics and binaural beats, I learned that that's what the tuning forks were delivering. And so binaural beats are just, just like those tuning forks, one frequency in one ear, one in the other. And the difference between them matches a particular brainwave state. So it gets slightly technical here, but it's sound cycles per second is hertz. That's what hertz means. And so when you measure the brain using an EEG device, the brain puts out electric signals related to hertz, the same as sound. And so we can actually match our frequencies to help induce certain brainwave states. And the magical one that, that many of us really enjoy is four hertz. And that's because when you're asleep, you're putting out delta signals, and that's zero to four hertz. And then when you are maybe in a not so asleep state, but a little bit awake, that's the theta frequency, four to seven hertz. And so four hertz is that border between awake and asleep, where your body is profoundly relaxed, but you're not asleep in your mind. You're still aware and paying attention. And so this is what crystal balls are doing naturally, I learned. We actually analyzed the sounds coming out of crystal balls and saw we were surprised, actually, that they were emanating binaural beats and very complex with all the overtones. And I think that's why it captures our attention, because it affects our brainwaves and it quiets our brainwaves down from that busy, you know, anxious beta state. You don't even have to be anxious. Like right now, we're probably in a beta state because we're talking and we're engaging. But getting into those lower states really helps you to relax when having trouble with all of the problems in the world or in your own life, it can be a very helpful tool. And you can download a sample of this, all of you who are listening, and I'm going to play a, a little bit of a clip so you understand what we're talking about here. And we'll be right back. When I was walking this morning and I was listening to the sample, I don't, it, it must have been, right, the, the, the frequencies, but it, it made me slow down. Like I saw every little detail. I saw, you know, a V of geese flying over, but they seemed so much more like real and surreal at the same time versus like, oh, there's geese, whatever. You know, like when we're kind of in our beta, we're like, oh, this goes here, this goes there. And yeah, it was yeah, just so interesting. We, we say there's the birds, but we don't necessarily yeah. go, there's the birds. Like the birds were so magical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean by an altered state. It brings you into that now moment. And yeah, these recordings are available on sacredacoustics.com. Just you can go to that website to get the same sample that you just listened to, a 20-minute version. 
interesting that you did it while walking because normally we recommend that people lie down and listen simply because you get so relaxed. And so I would encourage you to try that as well. But I do know people who use them for walking and you have to be a little careful of where you're walking and you know your surroundings because it puts you into an expanded state. You know, you mentioned the car earlier, listening in the car. You would also, I would also not recommend listening to these kinds of recordings in the car. We sell CDs and MP3 downloads, but generally speaking, I do know of a few people who listen in the car, but this is after becoming accustomed to the sounds, knowing how they're going to respond and knowing that certain recordings help get them into a zone and not, you know, puts them into a state where they forget that they're driving. So they can be quite powerful, but everyone's unique. I learned that just like fingerprints, brain waves are unique to each individual. And so while we're feeding a four hertz signal or whatever it is to somebody, your brain may react to that in a different way than, you know, the normal inner, you know, how most people would respond. But really there is no normal when I talk about this because we're all so unique. Any response is your response. So always good to uh, give it a try. There's so many techniques out there for getting quiet inside and, you know, meditation techniques, all different kinds of ways to do it. But I know I had to go through a lot of trial and error to find out which specific techniques were going to be most effective for me. And sound was one of them, this particular type of sound. And I know so many others have discovered the same thing, but yet we still all use them and respond a little bit differently. I can tell you there's some common responses though. (laughs) And some of the most common responses is that people will suddenly feel very relaxed. They'll go into a state where they might feel like they're going to fall asleep. Some people will fall asleep. And that's because we're putting you into that border between awake and asleep. And some of us, we just fall asleep really easily. In that case, you would want to listen and become accustomed, maybe listen during a time of day when you're not so sleepy and so on. There's strategies for all of these types of uh, responses. But another response people might have is that their mind might get quiet. Their thoughts become less invasive. They have an easier time to focus. I know when I tried to meditate, many years ago, that was so challenging to quiet my mind. I was a busy project manager. All I wanted to do was make lists and plan conversations. And it was very challenging. And so I learned that monks in Tibet take like 10,000 hours to become proficient at meditation. And I thought, well, I don't have that kind of time. And (laughs) so sound was very useful at sort of giving me that head start. These particular binaural beat sounds and other responses are that you might feel a tingling in your body. You might feel little energies moving through your body, especially if you're lying down. You might feel little pains in your body, but that's just you're getting quiet inside and your awareness is expanding. So you might start noticing things in your body you haven't noticed before. And <laughs> in your mental awareness, you might see imagery, you might see colors, you might have fragments, what seems like fragments of dreams, that sort of thing. And some people move on and start to really have really direct contact, say, with inner guidance, intuition. I know empaths, your audience, are natural intuitives, but sometimes it's just so hard to kind of manage that intuition. Those of us who aren't so intuitive want to be, (laughs) and then when you find out, oh, no, make it stop, then that's what the empaths are going through, I think. So I think these recordings can really help people get grounded, get grounded in that intuition and feel that connection stronger. My daughter, who's now 35, but when she was younger, she was an empath. She told, I'm sure she still is. Once you're an empath, always an empath. But she, she, we'd be driving along the road and she would sense when deceased animals were lying on the side of the road, like a deer or, or some kind of animal, and she would get this certain feeling, look out the window, yep, there was a dead animal. And that is not so easy to handle if that's the kind of information you're getting. So some people kind of shut down those abilities and just to protect themselves. And over time, though, she has learned to kind of 
open them back up again. And it's beautiful to see her kind of use the positive side of being an empath by not just being, you know, overwhelmed by other people's emotions, but learning how to recognize her emotions versus someone else's and then being in a much more grounded space to kind of help others because empaths seem to be magnets for troubled people. <laughs> we are here. We are light beams to help others. Yes. Yeah. So being grounded in that energy is so much more helpful than having it get all scattered. So these sounds can really help you make that connection to, I call it that authentic soul that you came here to be. And mm. if you came here with that gift, then, you know, many empaths try to shut it down because it's so overwhelming. And, you know, that is helpful to a point, but then you're not expressing your authentic gift. And yeah. so, yeah, really, it's a matter of discovering that from within and learning how to ground that energy within you so that you can be so helpful to others without having to suffer yourself from taking on all their pain, especially in the world today. Oh, my goodness, it must be quite challenging to watch the news. I'm somewhat intuitive, but I'm not, I'm not a, what you would call an empath, but even the news of today is starting to really get to me. So I know, I and a lot of us do avoid it just because we know it's going to just bring us down, but yeah. it's hard to avoid, especially when we're on our phones and you might see something that someone puts randomly and there's their stories and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, plus then you have. I was told one time that I subconsciously, I'm like a sponge, so I don't even know. I'm, I'm absorbing everyone's worries and, and negative feelings and all this stuff. And it sounds like it'd be a really great hygiene to listen to these, you know, by Well, that's, that's another response that people might have is I know for myself, it would trigger. I, I would get into these little relaxed states and then somehow I would feel emotional. Somehow it would trigger emotions. And I'd be like, wait, I don't want to be emotional right now. I'm, I'm trying to do something else. So I would suppress <laughs> the emotion. And then later a spiritual teacher said, no, you've got to let that emotion come out. And it's hard. It's very hard when you're used to really managing your emotions, which really means suppressing them, <laughs> you know, and, and then they sit inside of you and they don't get processed. And then in some contentious moment, out they come. And so yeah, the worst tones, possible time they come out. Yeah. These tones were almost like psychotherapy for me and others say the same thing where they'll be listening, they'll feel emotional. And what I learned was to just allow that emotion to be expressed in that moment. So it involves some tears. And uh, I used to say, cry till you're finished. I know that doesn't work for everybody, <laughs> but uh, I learned that cry till you're finished was, was very helpful. And so I would feel all this relief afterwards. And it was like peeling layers of an onion though, you know, just when I thought, oh, I've got it cleared. My hygiene is complete. Another set of worries would, would be surfaced. But every time I cleared something, a reward was there. That's mm -hmm. what people need to realize. The reward of kind of clearing your emotional baggage is that it's replaced with something else. It's replaced with that part of you that's kind of been hidden behind all of that. And it comes out and it feels so wonderful. And in my case, it led to an amazing connection to really, I guess, all that is. I, I, I don't use the word God, but it's a God force, the source, the one mind or one heart that we're all a part of. Can easily, I can easily connect to now after going through all of that. Now, I know some people have had traumas that are quite severe. So in that case, it, it may not be so simple to do on your own, and a therapist can be quite helpful, but many of us can do this on our own, especially if you're in a, a space with supportive people. <laughs> that is very useful. If you're not in a place with supportive people, then you want to be a little careful about, you know, the place that you decide to do all of this. Absolutely. I know so many that may still be in a toxic situation might want to find like their car, right? Or just driving over, like, I'm going to go do an errand and then like, just take a little extra time and, and do yeah, it. But park somewhere. Not, not driving, but park somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or take a walk yeah. out and go to the park or something safe. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things we learned, you brought up anxiety, which yes, is so common right now. Really 
since about 2020, when that COVID pandemic began, many people who were never anxious before suddenly found themselves anxious. And our recordings were used in a pilot study with a psychiatrist in New York Mm -hmm. City, Dr. Anna Yusen. And she prescribed a certain set of recordings to her patients. And she measured using the state trait anxiety inventory, very commonly used to measure anxiety in psychiatric research. And she found that after two weeks of listening, people's anxiety had reduced by 26%. And that was in combination with therapy. Those who had only their regular therapy, that was her control group, they reduced their anxiety by 7%. So that was quite a remarkable, yeah, that was quite a remarkable difference. And so with some of her patients, she, you know, she decides some people aren't going to listen and others will. And uh, those who choose to do so, they find not only does their anxiety reduce, but relationship problems start to resolve. They get better sleep. They're able to focus. There was a med student who found she could sleep better and perform on her exams better because she had so much anxiety just over being a medical student. And so, and I know there was one person who actually had been trying to leave a toxic relationship for years. And after listening to these, Somehow he was able to do it, which was so interesting. A male, that was a male in that It gave him the peace. Yeah, because there is so much anxiety like, well, you know, who else is going to love me or how am I going to survive or because they they train you so much to the point where you're dependent on the other person and it must have helped that those anxieties away. I was in a narcissist. I was with a narcissist for 14 years. You were. Yeah. I was, and I didn't know I was a narcissist till afterwards. That's pretty much how we all are, except for maybe this this last year and this year, people are like, oh yeah, definitely he's- Well, now it's all over the news. It's talked (laughs) about, right? It never was, not when I was going through this, you know, 20 years ago. And it was, I entered this series of experiential kind of you know, I said I did a lot of trial and error to find what worked best for me. And I was yeah. with this person at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was, as I was doing this, one day I came home from a weekend workshop. My vibration had shifted and I was no longer able to engage with him on the same level. And suddenly I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And I found the strength. And I assume mm-hmm. that's a similar thing, maybe what happened to this person just for listening to yeah. these recordings and other therapies he was going through. I don't want people to think this, this is a magic bullet or, you know, sound like a snake oil salesman or anything, but <laughs> it is a tool that has worked for many and yeah. it's worth giving it a try in case you're one of those people that it might help. And if it doesn't seem to help right away, it didn't for me. I, again, I would just fall asleep, but I was determined. I was very determined. I was not trying to solve a relationship or at the time, but as I went through all of this, my relationship, my place of living, my employment, everything shifted. So mm-hmm. it was like as I was focused on my inner world and becoming more of that authentic person who, who I came here to be, the outer world seemed to rearrange itself all around me and different opportunities arose. I was stronger to accept you know, the different challenges and I thought I was strong and lots mm. of folks told me how strong I was, but part of me was not. Part of me had given away my power. That's what happens when you're with a narcissist. And I think yeah. empaths are especially susceptible to that. Absolutely. And my daughter, this was my daughter's stepfather. And boy, she's a true empath. And during that time, she was picking up all of my really confusion about their relationship and when she was a teenager. And it, I think it contributed to the troubles that she had in her own life. But now we've come through it all together and we're in a much better place. So so good. So can I ask you what what happened with the relationship? Did you vibrate like your your vibrations leveled and did you shift out of that relationship or did everything everyone I shifted shift? out. I yeah. couldn't engage in the way he wanted to and he wasn't changing. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't this is it was so strange. It was like, oh I, it wasn't, I can't, it was like, I don't do this anymore. My body won't do this anymore. And that's mm. the reward. Yeah. <laughs> and after I left that relationship, I still had more work to do to clear those traumas. But 
some of those traumas had been cleared, you know, as I was developing the ability to leave him. And it wasn't my goal at first, but it became a necessity if I was to really be who I was because he had me stuck there. Yeah. So going back to, did this, your work on yourself during this relationship, did that, was that the first of the journey of these, the acoustics? Yes. I began listening to these types of sounds. Interestingly, this person is a drummer. He's Hmm. a musician, a (laughs) full-time percussionist. And so I was exposed to music suddenly all the time. Not necessarily the kind that I wanted to listen to, but I don't, I don't know. He didn't introduce me to the sound, but I found it on my own. And it was interesting. He had trouble listening to it because he was a musician and not all musicians have this trouble, but he was trying to find the beat where he could put his percussive sounds and there was no place to put them. And so he thought, who needs that? But I would listen to them at night. I was trying to induce lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences and just to see if I could do it. And he didn't really like it. So that was kind of the beginning of the end, I guess. So good for me. Yeah. Yeah. And the beginning of a long journey with creating this. Well, you wrote the book. You have a book that you guys. uh, I did. Well, yes, I fast forward many years. And after that relationship, I encountered Dr. Evan Alexander who wrote a book in 2012 called Proof of Heaven. And we met before his book came out, actually, just before his book came out, or just before he got his agent for the book. And we were both looking at sound. He was was using sound to kind of rediscover the states that he was able to get in during his near-death experience, that really expanded state. And so that's where we met. And I had already been working with someone, Kevin Cossey, he's the co-founder of Sacred Acoustics. He's the audio engineer. And I had met him one year previous to Dr. Alexander. And so we had already been, I'll save you all the details, but we had decided to create our own sounds. That was really his drive. And Mm -hmm. I had this huge library of them. So we worked together to figure out how to do it. And by the time we met Dr. Alexander, he our sounds had moved along quite well. And we asked him to listen to them. And Kevin lives in New York and Evan went up there to meet with publishers. And so Kevin went and brought him the recording and he was blown away. And he said, you must make these available to others. And within a year after, about a year later, when his book came out, It was so popular. Many people wanted him to come and speak and give workshops. And he's like, you're coming with me. And (laughs) Eben, Eben Alexander is who I'm now in a relationship with. And it is absolutely wonderful. We both seemed Mm -hmm. to, in our previous relationships, kind of deal with all of our traumas and troubles. And we don't have any of that stuff between us. It's absolutely wonderful. So I call him my reward for going through all of that. (laughs) Yes, we wrote that book, Living in a Mindful Universe. And chapter nine actually tells the story of how all of this happened with sacred acoustics. So, Oh, that's wonderful. Definitely need to read that. And even it probably exudes like the energy of really healthy partnership in the book too, which would kind of give a really great, uh, I don't know, like a role model eye opener for those who may be confused about like, what should a relationship look like? Like not even talking about your relationship, but just kind of soaking up the energy of the book, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't discuss our relationship directly, yeah. but I think by, by the final chapter, it's kind of clear what's going on because I think <laughs> that one is, that chapter is all about the love of the universe that's available to us all. Mm-hmm. And I found it through listening to sound and through a particular form of heart rhythm meditation where you focus on the heart and that's your breathing to the heart. And those were really the two tools for me that worked. And so I don't for a minute think that only our sounds will help people. They are a supplementary to other things that you're doing. But those who are beginner meditators highly encourage you to learn. It's a standard skill I think everyone should have, especially in this day and age. Uh, It helps with immunity and stress and anxiety and all those things. 
and it puts you in touch with your soul. <laughs> and that soul is you beyond your body. And it's, you're not just your body. You have this other part of you. And many of us kind of know this from, from childhood. And lots of folks try to tell you, you don't have a soul or other folks will tell you your soul has to do this or that, or you'll be punished. And we're of the mind that your soul is it's universal, it's eternal, it's infinite. All of us have one just by nature of being human. And it's really your birthright to understand that. We believe the soul existed before the body was, was created and, you know, by the man and woman coming together. And we believe the soul exists after the body dies. And so it's really good to get to know that part of yourself just to you know not escape this world that's not the point but to bring more of that authentic you into this world yeah. that's what will make the world a better place as each and every one of us takes the time to do that especially you that. sensitive empaths because you're <laughs> our gifts <laughs> you are our gifts so many people have kind of turned off their feelings so you know the opposite is the sociopath who Yes, I know how to feel. And many of our technology leaders pride themselves on, you know, oh, we look at data. And I'm like, you need to look at human compassion too. That, that's so key. And so really finding that balance is really key to our world. Yeah. And I wrote that down earlier. You said that focusing it, the, the music and all of the things we're doing in our spiritual journey helps focus connecting to the vibration of your inner world, like your soul's vibration too, versus yes. just, yeah, thinking like, oh, I've got to do this and that. Like I always talk about, especially those who have a defined solar plexus here on the, the podcast, your human design chart, and you are an emotional being. So feeling is the way to go for you, not thinking, you know? Exactly, exactly. But, but feeling hasn't always been valued in our world. No. You know, oh, stop crying. Don't be so emotional. And yet those emotions, I had to rediscover them. I, my emotions were suppressed just for those reasons. I had brothers, you know, I would cry, stop crying. You know, I had to be a, had to be like my brothers. And, you know, I had to rediscover that, that emotional side of me. And when you don't have it, you end up in relationships with people that you don't really love in the way that love is meant to be expressed. And love should be a peaceful acceptance. Everything is wonderful. You should be able to be your authentic self. I remember walking on eggshells, trying not to upset somebody, the narcissist, because all of the things that I was doing that disturbed him, I would try to change. And I now I call Eben my miracle because I can do anything. And he's like, that's great. So <laughs> we don't kind of, and he was in a relationship too, where he couldn't be his authentic self. And when we're together, we can be who we are. And it's such a relief and blessing. So there's hope for yes. all of us. But I think both of us had to go through some traumas to get there and some personal growth on our own so that we were ready for that. Because I'm not sure if I had, hadn't done any of that and met him, I'm not sure we would have had that same resonance. And that resonance, by resonance, I mean that, that his vibration and my vibration were very harmonic. And yeah. when you meet someone and their vibration is off from yours, that your resonance isn't, is clashing. Just like you were saying with the music, some music you just can't handle. Some people, all of us just can't be around. There's going to be someone we can't be around. And that's okay. You just, that's okay. Some of us they're in your family, it's a little trickier. But. <laughs> yeah, well, nowadays it's like, okay, well, they're, even though they're family, they don't really, they feel it too. It seems like there's more people awakening to that. Like families are splitting, unfortunately, because of that dissonance. But what I've learned in my own path is that sometimes we have these certain contracts with family members that they're just, the timing is up on those and that's perfectly fine. Now it's time to find other soul family who are here with you. That's why I love focusing on like bringing out your inner soul self, your authentic self, which is, is not limited to your earthly family you have here, biological or whatever, right? Exactly. Finding, finding our soul family and the, the vibrations of people in communities 
Yeah. And it's yeah. funny when you do set out on a path of spiritual growth and you notice yourself changing, sometimes you start to lose all of, all of your friends and you know people you're used to being around and, unless they're also participating in that. And that can be a little disconcerting. And suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, nobody understands me. You have changed. But what happens is eventually you attract the people that do resonate with you. And I was troubled for a time that that wasn't happening, but it took a couple years and wow, it, when it happens, it's pretty amazing because now I meet people all the time who I resonate with. It's, it's just amazing how that happens. And it didn't used to happen. I used to feel very different and not really accepted and that I had to change. And now I'm authentic and people love it. It's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. It's too bad that we, many of us don't find this until later in our lives, but it's kind of like- to be the maturing journey, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's necessary because, you know, we can read a book, reading the book is great, but going through the experience is what is so helpful. So sounds like you have a three line there somewhere in your human design chart. I'd be curious to take a look. Well, I was born on 12, 363, so- those are all, that's all threes. Yeah. Ooh. It would not surprise me at all. It's in your birthday. Uh, well, maybe we could do a little segment at the end and I can and read your chart if you want me to. Sure. But what I was going to say, the threes, experience. Yes, the experience. And yeah, no, I lost it and then I got it and I lost it again. That's okay. It'll come back. <laughs> It'll come back. Yeah, I don't know a lot about human design, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with it. I'm fascinated by uh, systems that you can kind of, like astrology, where you can kind of, you know, figure out your template. And I know within that template, you have a lot of room to make choices and decisions on how you're going to manage that energy. But kind of knowing that template is helpful. And lots of systems out there can help us find that. There's, what else is there? There's that. Yeah, there's. Enneagram. Enneagram, yeah. Yeah. What time were you born? Do you know your. 11.33. A.M.? Yeah. P.M. P.M. In Mesa, Arizona, which is, interestingly, 111 longitude and 33 latitude. I've got a lot of 11.33. My sun sign is 11 degrees Sagittarius, for example. Yeah. Up wow. to the 11s and 3s. Yeah. So in my, in my numerology. So aligned. You do have a 3 in your profile. You are a generator, sacral, and your profile is 1 3. Oh, there, there. You see it again. You have a lot of 1s and 3s. Yeah, 1 3. Oh one. my gosh. You just validated <laughs> again. That's amazing. And your incarnation cross is the right angle cross of consciousness which is the reason why like you were constantly seeking you, you're an investigator you're line one and you're also trial and error type subconscious living three the three is just like experimenter and then your the consciousness is like you're gaining that wisdom and the knowledge through all of that and you're expanding your consciousness like you said you're like aligning your 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 when you leveled up your vibration or your frequency that was dissonant with the other person. So you have this natural knack to either like tell people, not even tell, like just be in your, the consciousness, like this is consciousness. And like, they're either going to meet it or they're going to reject it. And that's kind of the theme. You're always like expressing this, like, this is just, you know, this is it. This is the right frequency. This is the, this is the way. Wow. So that's just kind of what I said. Good. Glad I said all that before you read that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Consciousness is definitely the uh, name of the game. Expanding my own consciousness, helping others expand their consciousness. Yeah. Because we're all one consciousness. That's what Eben learned firsthand on his experience. That's what I learned, you know, just through my own set of experiences. And of course, reading tons of esoteric knowledge and things like that. This isn't new. Eben thought it was new. Oh, look what I discovered. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) There have been sages for eons talking about this. Thank you for joining us because he's a materialist scientist, a neurosurgeon. And so- And he had a near-death experience, you said. 
Yeah, he did yeah. because of uh, bacterial meningitis, a, a brain disease, interestingly. Yeah, so he was in a coma for seven days, and that's when he, you know, forgot he was a human. Unusual for a near-death experience. He forgot he was a human and went very deep into the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, because he forgot he was a human and all of his previous knowledge, when he first wrote it all down, he didn't have his scientific knowledge yet. It all returned over months, but uh, very interesting how uh, there's been uh, probably representatives from every religion on the planet who've written to him and said, you speak the truth of our religion. That is what impresses me. Because, the consciousness, right? Well, religions are all based on someone's spiritual experience. And then it's yeah. man, human, who decides to, you know, label it all and explain what it all means. And of course, we have all these different explanations, mm -hmm. but at their core, they're the same. Inter forget about interpreting scripture. Go back to that oneness that we all came from. We are souls. And that's what's primary, not our bodies. So yeah, Eben was so happy to meet me because I already understood all this as a non-scientist. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? That's, you know. So anyway, it's, it's we need the scientists to get on board though because we're yeah. the ones who are really setting policy in our secular world. And, you know, I'm not advocating for a theocracy by any means, not at all, but an acknowledgement that we're all souls would be quite helpful, eternal souls at that. So we, we don't end when the body dies. And that's something I've learned through, I should mention the work of Dr. Christopher Kerr. He's a hospice doctor in Buffalo. And he actually was the first person to do a scientific study and interviewed patients as they were actively dying mm. and learned that they know they're going on a journey. They know they're, they're going somewhere. They don't know where, but they find all of this connection at the end of their lives. They start to release pains that haven't been processed and they start to enter this state of peace and love. And many of us might hear you know, our grandmother who's dying talk about seeing, oh, there's my husband, you know, there he is. And we think, oh, yes, of course, wishful thinking. But it's actually Dr. Kerr has found what happens to the majority of people. And they enter sort of what he calls a sleep awake state, which mm -hmm. is very familiar because that's what binaural beats can help you enter is that sleep awake state. Mm -hmm. And so they're having all these connections to spirit and realizing that they're going to be going to a spiritual destination while they're in that state. So that's something we can not necessarily to go on and, and leave our bodies, but we can get a little taste of it by, uh, you know, listening to these recordings, learning how to meditate, finding that expanded consciousness. And uh, again, not to escape this world, but to bring more of that here. Why wait until we die to discover the love? That's my whole thing. Get that love here now. We Bring need it, it here on earth. Need yeah, it have desperately. It on earth. I have to think that's what all of the problems in the world are driving us to do, is to really mm. be moved so much that we start to make that kind of shift and return to this kind of sense of love and connection that I believe we once had mm. on this planet many, yeah. many, many thousands of years ago. Before and it was documented, yes, years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can get it back. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And that's hopefully what's ha going to shift in. There's this incarnation, the theme of the incarnation cross for the collective in 2027 shifts in, in that year to the rise of the sleeping phoenix, which ah, is like this rising of the light and like rebirth. And yeah, I'm, I'm well, really go back to the Go back to the 60s, okay. the dawning of the age of Aquarius in yes. Western astrology, if that's what Aquarius is, that kind of energy. So it's, oh, that's wonderful yes. to know. It's in the human design as well. It is. Yes. So, and, and I think you're right because we're, we just are complacent, you know, like if something isn't broken or if it's not painful enough, like you said, then we're not going to fix it as humans. We're going to continue on as zombies. Yeah. It's interesting. We have opportunities and Many of those opportunities we ignore. So they're like, okay, let's get your attention. 
get more of your attention <laughs> yeah. and they're getting our attention. But they are. what we don't want to do is just to fall into anxiety, helplessness, and victimhood. We want to find our strength. We want to reconnect with that energy and bring it here to help people, to help yeah. all of us. So. And I think that is the trap of getting caught in the anxiety of, of it all right now. So I love your work and what you're doing with these acoustics and bringing us another tool to help us, you know, remove ourselves from that heavy anxiety. I wanted to point out that the recordings that Anna Yusum used in that pilot study are available on our website, oh, along with a PDF document that gives you all the same information that her patients receive. And it's called the Whole Mind Bundle. And at okay. the beginning of the pandemic, that's when her pilot study was published, and, oddly enough. And so I made those recordings available at a vastly discounted price, and I included a free option. There is no barrier. If someone has financial you know, difficulties, please go download those recordings because you need them more than most of us. The Whole Mind Bundle, select that free option for the MP3 version, and uh, you'll be all set. And I, I've left it that way because the anxiety in our world has not reduced. It has increased. And so they will remain that way. They'll remain freely available for those who need it as long as needed. Oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah. And anyone who does that, please, my gratitude, I extend my gratitude because I know as you're helping yourself, you're helping me and everyone else in this world. And that's what it takes. It takes all of us. And uh, those of us who maybe are, you know, some of us really aren't going to be able to find that on our own. Some of us are very, you know, addicts and others who are a little more lost in this world or deep into materialist, you know, objects and things like that, money and, and such. But, but the rest of us can be that template and be that model. And at a certain point, that resonance will really just scoop them all along to come with us. So don't be discouraged by that either. Each of us who takes the time to do this, you are playing a very important role, especially you people who are so extra sensitive about what's going on. Mm, thank you for that deeply connected conscious message. That is absolutely that. And all that summarized is together we rise. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Also honoring our uniqueness and not thinking that we all need to be the same or that there's only one way to do something. We all have our own way of doing it, and that needs to be honored. So, I love that. Thank you. And that's why I'm bringing human design into this podcast more and more since last year. It's, it's, it's morphed from like, okay, I'm a victim to, you know what? Now we are strong and we are unique and we are rising through understanding and owning our uniqueness through human design. So Yeah, and you know what I realized is people who kind of take on more challenges, that's that's a gift to the rest of us because, you know, you're really taking on some things that are a bit more challenging than most. And so my gratitude extends for that as well. You know? Yeah. So mm. thank you so so much for being here, Karen, and sharing your work and sharing with us all of your beautiful messages of empowerment and encouragement. Thank you so much. I hope it was helpful to your listeners. Absolutely. All the links to Karen's websites will be in the show notes. And so much gratitude for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this enlightened episode here, the Empath Rising podcast. It would mean the world to us and add to the success of this podcast if you shared it with a friend, share it on your socials and tag me at Raven Scott Show. To continue your journey towards self-discovery and healing, don't forget to grab your free human design chart. It's personalized roadmap to understanding your unique energy blueprint at ravenscott.show. And for an even deeper insights into your empathic nature and relationships, be sure to listen to the Empath and the Narcissist Audible book or you can grab your paperback. It is a profound exploration of my specific journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. And an exclusive offer here for you 
just for you, you empathic community here in the podcast, you can now get your personalized human design chart reading for only $50. If you click the link in the show notes, head over to the episode page. It's an invaluable opportunity to gain clarity and guidance on your life path and areas that you can focus on to guard yourself up against the narcissist. And if you'd like to learn more about how to read your chart and the human design gate transits, I also have an invaluable offer to get immediate access to our exclusive podcast content for a limited time price at $19.99. This is your chance to take control of your healing process, to gain clarity, and to unleash your true potential. So simply click the link to the show notes and simply click the link in the show notes to the episode page and you will find the link there to join the membership to gain exclusive human design content directly to your podcast feed wherever you're listening. You'll get an email, it'll send you that RSS feed that you can copy and paste and follow. It's so simple and you don't have to download any other apps. So join now and listen to the exclusive information and gain your roadmap on how to understand your human design chart as well as starting to understand each of the human design gates as they transit. Remember, I'm here to support you. Your empathic ability is your uniqueness. So keep your empathic light shining brightly and let human design be your guiding star on your journey to healing and self-discovery. I'm here to support you at every step of the way. And on the episode page, you can participate in the poll question I've posted so we can create a community amongst ourselves on the website as well as leave a reply of your thoughts and your questions regarding today's episode. So all of that is in the one link in the show notes. Head on over to the episode page. Until next time, keep your unique light shining. Swear I won't forget this. Why do I regret this? In my mind, reckless. Thoughts are feeling endless. Sitting up, I'm breathless. Anxiety's infectious. I feel so defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed. I hate being open. I hate being broken. I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion. Anger ain't a potion. Rub it on like lotion. I can feel it soaking. Reopen the scars have awoken. I can't move on till I let go. I feel so lost now. Never at home, need to be strong, every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let go, I can't move on till I let go, I feel so lost, never at home, need to be strong, every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let go.